This is Magnolia Leadership Podcast, heart, soul, and earth aligned. I'm Katherine Miller, a holistic practitioner of 30 years and your host. Join me as we discuss what it means to lead from the sacred feminine. Magnolia Leadership is here to guide you home, remind you of your courage, awaken your deepest knowing, revealing your fullest expression, and supporting your beautiful blossoming. Welcome in. We have someone who's such a lot of fun and a creative force with us today, introducing Cal Traver. Cal is a composer, a songwriter, a multi-instrumentalist, a visual artist, and a poet. She is a student, an interpreter, and a manifester of sound. Cal is tapped into the creative force in beautifully dynamic ways. She's traveled the world offering her performances to happy crowds as front person and co-band leader of the bands Rubble Bucket and Cowbells. In this episode, Cal and I discuss the feeling of creating sound, setting boundaries to make art just for yourself, remembering we are part of something larger, surprising yourself during the creative process, the feedback loop that comes from entertaining in a live audience, moving away from the term music industry and embracing music culture, the process of freeform creation within a collective, remembering there is always possibility in practice, and Cal's big cat dream and how that's a source of power. Make sure to check out all the links to Cal's music projects in the description. Enjoy. I'm going to invite us to just feel Mm. what it's like to be together in our bodies with our hearts connected and our wombs connected, really connected into the earth, Mm. right? Two powerful women, and I'm not ashamed to say it. (laughs) (laughs) And we're exploring this theme of what it means to be embodied as a source of the feminine energy, not as opposed to the masculine, right? But in balance with, and the reason that we're emphasizing the feminine, just if we need to say this is because it has been suppressed and because it is so feared. And because in order for our earth to heal, we need to restore her rightful place. So this is not a feminine over masculine, right? This is not about gender. This is about how to really honor all that we are, right? And in particular, I wanted to speak with you because my understanding of the feminine is as a creative force, right? That we are asked to be in relationship with and co-creating with, and it is freaking messy and it is chaotic and it is all of that, right? This is not about putting on a pretty dress, although <laughs> those are fun, right? But this we're talking about kind of the, the darker, the creative, the chaotic, the mystical, the descended feminine, right? So I'm just curious as I'm 
kind of setting the stage, what are you noticing happening? I see your beautiful smile. <laughs> What's happening in your body as we even just sort of lay the foundation? Mm. Oh, well, so many things. One thing was I muted because there was a truck backing up and I was like, oh, I should just let it like, it's not a big deal. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to mute. And I felt so much more relaxed once I muted. I was like, now Catherine can just talk and mm. I can just listen. And I'm not worried mm. about just being disruptive. <laughs> and then when I was listening to your words, I was that when you said about the feminine being suppressed, it was like a floodgate, you know, kind of opened in my heart. I was like, oh, mm. to, to think about that, the reverse of that, the opening, mm. the opening. Yeah. I mm. felt it momentarily in mm -hmm. myself. Like it's, yeah, a relief. It feels relieving. Oh, nice. So that's really interesting because I think, and we're just going to be in this energy. We're transmitting to anybody yes. who wants to come and listen, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so feeling an opening, that's really wonderful. And I think the opening is where it's at, right? Yes. And we have all kinds of relationship to opening mm -hmm. and allowing, you know, I, it's just, so I think it's really amazing that you're starting with a heart opening. Mm, yeah. And I think right after that, when you were right away going, talking about the, you know, the creative, which isn't necessarily pure, it could be darker, messier. Ah. And that, that was just right away. I, yeah, I was, glad that you just named that right up front. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not neat and we don't have, and we don't have to be neat. The, yeah. this, this podcast gets to be messy and chaotic and nonlinear because, you know, I'm doing this because I have been asked to by source mm. right? and it, it as a transmission and a playground mm -hmm. and a connection point for anyone who's interested in being in this frequency. Mm hmm. Yeah. So we get to be in this. Fun. <laughs> so fun. So I would love for you to share a little bit about how this expresses through you, your work, just anywhere you'd like to take the conversation. Yeah. Tell, I, tell us about you and your creative, your <laughs> relationship to the creative energy, because I think you have a unique one. Yeah, I I've been contemplating that a lot this so far this week and I'm at this retreat and talking about transformative workshops uh so I have a, on the tip of my tongue which is great I definitely I just feel like I've always it was always coming easier as a kid and being mm. being a kid I got blessed with a really beautiful awesome childhood that I know that's not true for everyone and so I really count it as a big blessing mm. in nature a lot of in Vermont and with parents who are really, you know, interested in ecology and forestry and place-based mm -hmm. education and brought us just on out on walks a lot as children. And they raised us, my siblings and I like really with a lot of communication skills. So we, we did family meetings and we did a lot of group processing and that just felt, I didn't know that wasn't the norm in our <laughs> culture. <laughs> Yeah, that's not. <laughs> yeah. And I think all of that really like, or meant that I've been able to take some bigger risks, like with my 
creative endeavors and with my career path. And, and I just don't take that for granted at all. I think, mm. you know, everyone has their own path, but I feel really lucky. And I'm trying to think with the question of the relationship to creativity. I think it just really started as a subconscious thing and totally immersive from a young age. And then maybe like adolescence was a lot, was more of a break, but I do remember being in big band in high school <laughs> and having these like totally spiritual experiences with music. Mm. And we were probably playing like whatever the repertoire was that our band leader brought us like some, you know, jazz big band dorky arrangement for middle school or yeah, this was middle school. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I loved making sound. I loved vibrating. I played Barry sax at that time. So I was like a little eighth grader with a huge Barry sax, which mm -hmm. I still play now to this day. As big as you. The sax yeah. was big as you. <laughs> you liked yeah, I was that girl. I was like, you like the feeling of it in your body. I love it. Mm. I just love the vibration and mm. I loved harmonizing. I loved playing with my friend, my best friend, Sarah Hopewell, who played bass clarinet. And every season we would do a duet, bass clarinet and Barry sax. <laughs> and those were like my favorite moments. They were just so fun, so much laughter and group mm. talking about that heart connection just this feeling of I'm a part of a group. We're creating something together. Yeah. In my, in the work, work with you, Catherine, I feel like that was something you came back to over and over again. And so many of our sessions was, would end with, oh yes, I'm a part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's like really easy to forget that and get strung down this path of, I have to do this, you know, myself and, you know, right. I'm just, and, be productive and make it happen. Right. Yeah. That's what we all get caught in. Mm -hmm. The world is asking that of us and defining that as the way, right? Yeah. What I love about what you're sharing is so many of us and so many clients that I'm working with and so many colleagues, we're working on peeling layers away so that we can remember, right, this core of who we really are, which is we are the spiritual being. It's here. It's in our bodies. We are these sources of creativity. And what I love about what you're sharing is you didn't have a lot of overlays in early childhood and it is unique, right? We see children getting that from their culture and their families. And then, you know, we don't even need to speak about what the educate, well, maybe we do the education system, then we'll, you know, put these layers over and then, you know, we do all the things we're supposed to do. And then we enter into the world and we follow that path. And then we realize most of us who are outside of this, that system, whoa, what am I doing? <laughs> like, what is this even about? But it sounds like you've been through a gift from your parents in touch with this all along. Mm -hmm. Right. And then so much so that in middle school, you were able to say like, this is my thing. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. was that a feeling that you had? Oh yeah, totally. It's it's like a, you know, that, what did someone just recently say? Like a, a, the opposite of a trigger, it would be a word for something that's like a positive, like, boop, like a mm -hmm. moment where you just kind of flip into yeah. this euphoric flow and alignment and, and everything suddenly becomes more shiny. And I definitely have some really specific memories of that around the middle school marching band and big band and just, whoa, you know, I feel almost out of body, like, 
Because it was so expansive? So expansive and this, the sound of the music, I was mm -hmm. loving the music and I was loving the feeling of the horn in my hands and the feeling of togetherness of the band. Mm -hmm. uh, it's funny. I, I, yeah, I haven't really relived those memories and this is just kind of coming up right now. So I love that. And yeah. as you tap into that, do you still experience that now? Totally. Yes. <laughs> so you followed that thread. Yes. <laughs> you have. Okay. So this is the perfect example of living from this embodied moment by moment being with the creative force. Mm -hmm. Right. And letting her inform, I'm saying her, cause that's how I feel it, but yeah. letting this force really inform you mm -hmm. and living from that place. I'm wondering mm -hmm. if we can um, take a detour and just, if I can ask, has there ever been a time this has come up in most every podcast interview mm -hmm. where you were really out of alignment and mm -hmm. where something happened that sort of woke you up and put you back on the right path. So some examples that I've heard of, well, illness, mm -hmm. it, um, heartbreak, illness, being just at dead ends at everything that people try. Have you had a time where you felt like, yeah. oh, maybe I lost the little breadcrumbs on the trail? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. my gosh. So much so, definitely. I mean, I will kind of just admit that it's a pretty regular occurrence for me. <laughs> I love your honesty. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So how, how do you know? How do you know when you're like, whoopsie pups, I'm not on my path. I'm not following the creative muse. I've, I've switched to something else. Yeah. I, I could work like forward or backwards. I think However, I've gotten better, like from where I am now today, I can say proudly that I've definitely gotten better at identifying those moments. Cause I think it's the harder when I can't identify them. And I just, I'm completely kind of swept up in it. And it's, it feels like anxiety and, and mm. definitely depression mm. elements. I I've never been diagnosed with that, but definitely have had, you know, uh, panic attacks. Oh yes. I'm a cancer survivor. So right. that's like a, a whole interesting kind of part of it. I, yeah, I mean, that was like a, a big the t the years leading up to cancer, I think like the cancer experience was like a macro version of it. But then ever since then, I after surviving that, I think I've been able to like just start to see, okay, this this is going to happen again. Not cancer, but the illness, the really serious illness where I don't feel um, like I'm in good relationship with my body is going to just potentially might keep happening if I'm not going to start to develop practices to meet myself where I'm at. Um, but okay. So you, yeah, you used the experience of going through the cancer hell and emerging as a sort of like, I'm not going, I'm going to pay attention to my body mm -hmm. and that my body will let me know when I'm out of alignment. And then I'll, if I am, I'm going to engage in something to bring me back into alignment. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. And, and I think, yeah, go ahead. And you mentioned anxiety and depression. I mean, mm -hmm. and we're using those words, not, I, I hear you, not as a diagnosis, but I think there's a common understanding of what those things are. Yeah. Right. So they show up when you're somehow not in alignment. Yeah. Yeah. Going fast forwarding a little bit to sort of my big project that helped me 
at the right tail end of cancer, which was a big songwriting project. And I didn't know where it was going to go. It was the first time I had ever written music where I just had no expectation for it to be a paid thing. Mm. Am I making sense? I think it was just for you. Just for me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because before that I had, I had this band Rubble Bucket and we Mm -hmm. toured the world and had to certain, well, not the world, but a lot of the world and had some success and felt very like I'm doing, I'm working all of my laser energy on that. And so then after cancer, it was like, okay, I actually just want to do something for me and just, yeah, lower the expectation big time. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for 10 days. I set myself like a 10 day container and each day I had the goal of writing one new song. And Mm. I just had the house to myself and like totally just shut off every device and didn't even talk with my friends or family. I like really went off grid. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think that was the beginning of a process that I still use all the way to this day. And that was about maybe six years ago. And I still yeah, that process is still works for me. What is the process? If, can you share a little bit just for people who are maybe curious about a different way? So one is for others. It sounds like one is mm-hmm. making songs for the consumption of others, right? Mm-hmm. But you want to do that. And this yeah. process is what's different. Yeah. So I think that in this particular iteration, because you can do all kinds of iterations, but for this one, it was just for me. And I was making sounds. Cause like, as I mentioned a minute ago, I love making sounds mm-hmm. <laughs> and it soothes my body and whether mm-hmm. it's voice or my, my saxophone, or I love synthesizers. I love playing with knobs and twisting knobs and making surprising sounds. So mm-hmm. it was really about that. And, mm-hmm. and it was about just immersing in the physicalness of it and not yeah, definitely not worrying about a product. Although I was, did kind of set a parameter that each day at the end of the day, there'll be something. It doesn't have to be like a cantato or like a done thing. It's just anything, just something, you know, like put some ink on the page. Okay. So there was a goal, but not restrictive. Yeah. It wasn't that high of a bar. It was pretty much a little structure. Yeah. Okay. This is interesting. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So what was different? Was it about how you felt in the process was it the output? How did that, how did that go? What felt yeah, different? I think, yeah. I think in the previous years when I would ask myself or feel called to, or want, I would want to write music and I would get super in my head and it, that would just spiral down to negativity, like really fast and all the demons would come out. So it wouldn't really mm. feel that healing. <laughs> it mm. would kind of be like, I would spend, you know, maybe I'd spend five days at my desk procrastinating and tell, and just thinking yeah. that I, all these negative things about myself, mm. I don't have it. I don't have anything to share all of this. Mm. And then maybe, and I'd go for a walk and then a cool idea would come and then I would write a song and it would be like, oh, okay, I, I do still have it, but it felt very out of control, not, not like not controlled and, or hell kind of. And so I think that's the old way. And this new way wasn't about overthinking it it was ju- literally just do it doesn't have to be good or bad and yeah of course wow. those critics okay. it will come back it, it it'll definitely be there but for now i'm just that critic it's not that time yet this isn't about critic this is mm. about just 
paint colors sounds mm -hmm. just delight myself for like an hour or two i love yeah. that language just delight myself <laughs> right yeah that's what we're here to do yeah <laughs> so much right just be in our joy yeah i what you're saying is so meaningful for me i i feel I want to just focus on what you said about the role of the mind mm. and then the role of just being in it, mm. which for me is more the body, right? Just like, wow, here we are. Yeah. And yeah. And there's movement. And I like how you brought in color, you know, I, because I'm sitting with people all day. Yeah. I'm hearing stories all day. Right. And what I see is the more mental, the story, the less transformation happens. Ooh, cool. Right. It's just like the more that we, it's not that the mind isn't helpful, but a lot of the storytelling narratives about who we are and who we aren't kind of get us stuck, like what you're describing. Right. And if we can just come into this, this heart and this belly, right, this root, and just be the thing and open as a vessel for this force massive amounts of transformation happen when we are open and it's just like we've gotten this all wrong right we've just gotten <laughs> so and and you know in that of course you know we're talking about the preference of the mind which is more from that masculine realm right mm -hmm. and the body has been set aside and so now there's so many beautiful modalities and ways of thinking and ways of being that are centering the body right and asking us to come in. And it sounds like you somehow just intuitively knew that that was what you needed to do. I mean, it's kind of amazing. I guess so. <laughs> and did you feel, are you still doing your songs that way? Are you still creating from that place? Definitely. Yeah. And are they, do they feel different when they're done? I will say it's long. It's like a long mm. time of I started those, those 10 days, for example, though, that was like a 10 day chunk of, of doing something every day, some song every day. And then each one of those was maybe a minute or two. And I was like in love with them. Like oh, when I was wow. done, I, I was like, whoa, I, I didn't think I would like them so much. I figured it would just kind of be garbage, like get the chunks out of the system. And it, it really surprised me how much I actually loved them. And then, then I felt I guess as a, as an artist or as a, in terms of like wanting to offer things to the world, I thought, well, these are special and I would like to mm. offer them to the mm. world. See, that's so um, different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is because then it's like, even the words you're using, like an offering to the world is really different than something I have to put out the, there and sell that's consumed and extracted from me. Yeah. Right? It's like, I'm so full of this thing that yeah. now I can put it out there. It's, you're doing it. This is why I wanted to talk to you. Cause it's like, Nate, this feels sort of like your native tongue. And I, I know it's not easy, but it's like, you really are living this. Yeah, I am. And, but it is, there's really a little bit. It's not, it's so fun to talk about it with you. I, I, I love it. <laughs> Cause we speak the same language. Yeah. I think I remember you saying how you studied poetry and I was like, okay, now I understand. I feel like so much of your work is it does involve poetry of poetry of the now of a, of a moving living sort of, I mean, you're a writer, obviously you, 
you, sh- yes. you share so much with your emails and in ways I don't even know about, but well, poetry, let's talk, let's have a little poetry moment. Okay. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm overheating. I'm so excited. I'm You're overheating. <laughs> All right. Ooh. So we can, we can bring it down. It is exciting. Yeah. And this is happening in every conversation. We're hungry for spaces to have these conversations. And so, you know, it's like, oh, so delicious. Yeah. I have a, I love having dinner parties. It's one of my favorite things in the world. It's just to have people around the table and just sharing ideas and thoughts and conversation. And so somehow a podcast feels like a little mini version of a dinner party. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, let's yeah. let's taste some things and have a good chat, right? Yes. And, and it is exciting. Yeah, I think poetry is so powerful because it's pointing towards something without having to prescribe it. And mm-hmm. I believe that, you know, a good teacher, creative vessel, a spiritual teacher, right? That's what you do. You just say, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use some language very intentionally to point you towards the thing. Mm-hmm. And then the thing gets to work through you so mm-hmm. that I don't have to become like an evangelist for the thing. I'm just saying, Hey, look, here's a, here's like a little door, right? That opens and you might want to come over here and play. <laughs> and that's like, that. <laughs> That feels like poet. That's what poetry feels like to me. And I guess songwriting too, right? When you hear a really good song, it's like there's a resonance in the music and the words also are opening a portal. And I see a, an artist like you, and this isn't every artist, but your music and what you're doing is like bridging the worlds and opening yeah. up, you know, to these other frequencies. And bringing them into places. I mean, I think artists are very powerful spiritually and have kind of an extra special job to do and aren't always honored as being a channel, like literally a channel. Does yeah. that does that resonate with you? Definitely. Yes. Mm-hmm. So much so. I, I even myself, I think I'm facing that a lot this week where I'm at this workshop and I'm like one of the there's everyone's an artist first of all I think um mm, nice yeah and you but mean every, do you mean every human I think yeah well every human definitely mm-hmm. yeah and okay. other beings that aren't even human okay yes I'll go with that because I know that I'm safe to talk about that with you <laughs> plants animals yeah so yeah. yes I was writing it down uh, yesterday we were brainstorming about we were making a mind map for, for like a potentially a hypothetical workshop, but maybe we're creating this actual workshop. And I was just on my mind map. I was talking about, I wanted to point about to lineage. Like, I think I really wanted to, whatever workshop I do, I want to have, be able to kind of name who's been doing this thing that Mm. we want to do. And, you know, can we name them and honor them? Because Mm when we want to be honored, you know, isn't that kind of what we all want in a way is, or to be, you know, be part of this lineage and be setting our future generations up for, you know, Mm. better, better conditions. And Mm. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll write down Nina Simone. I love Nina Simone. Like I love love Hilma off Clint. Have you seen her paintings? 
yeah. it's like cool i'm like here's my like cool awesome ladies who are like breaking the mold and creating from a really really deep place and then i was like the next thing popped to mind i was like well dandelions like they're like and then i was like wait a minute that's not a lady artist but i was like you know what i'm gonna write it down amazing they blow my mind they're so mm. beautiful they're they're radical yeah dandelion guides yeah <laughs> i love it i love it and i also i like how you're naming this and right when i was talking about like channeling you went right there and these are sort of some of the the threads that you may be weaving in what comes through you Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. I, and I remember, you know, the earth being such an important part of what you were pulling through. So it makes sense to me that a dandelion would be right there by Nina Simone. Yeah. And <laughs> They're <you> all badasses. <laughs> so when you're creating, do you feel that you're open to a particular frequency that is trying to come through or how do you organize yourself as a, let's ask it this way. What do you feel is important? Because you're transmitting to a lot of people. <laughs> like you're a one to many transmitter. And that is exciting, terrifying to me. But for you, it's native, right? Your Leo, <laughs> your Leo self. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. So you're one to many. And so are you when you're doing that, are you aware of what is coming through you? Or is it just more happening? Well, now that you're talking about the many thing, I think I'm suddenly being put into a feeling of being like on a stage and in mm. performing in front of a crowd, which is definitely different than being in my bedroom with a microphone running, like mm. whispering the weirdest things from my subconscious. <laughs> and I think, okay, I don't know. I think I've definitely been through a lot of like evolutions of with the performance thing, but Mm. yeah there's a lot of pulling up you know grounding with the earth and sort of yeah there's a few things that are popping to mind right now but I think one of the things I really that was like a bit of a sea change for me was a bunch of years back when I was like I you know I I'm singing and I'm entertaining and they're mm. watching me and then I realized I don't know when but I just suddenly realized like oh and I'm watching them so like it's a super mm. circle. Mm. Yeah. And okay. the more that I engage with that, like the more I think we can kind of rev each other up. And I like the more seen, I think it seems weird, but I think maybe when that's the one thing I don't always love about like a rock concert mm. base is it's so binary. It's like mm -hmm. the stage and then the audience and they're just relaxed and not doing, you know, but it isn't that it really is much more of a, of a feedback loop. And oh, I love I that as a way of looking at that, right. It's more connected than we might realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's more, much more fun. And I feel instantly the energy in the room shifts into everyone's having more fun when I'm remembering that when, when I'm watching them, just like, we're all watching each other. I think that so much of your medicine from what I know about you is just this like deep desire for things to have their right place, not in like a correct, but in just sort of a, everything is connected, mm -hmm. like in a beautiful forest. Like yeah. I just, it just feels like that's something that is important. And even in this, as a performer, that there's a reciprocal 
aspect to it. Yeah. Really beautiful. Mm. I've never, I've actually never thought of it that way. And of course you're creating with other people too. So it's, it must be really dynamic. Yeah, definitely. Holding space for everyone. It, you know, everyone's going through something, whether they're on stage, you know, whether it's my fellow musicians who are, you know, had like dinner that made their belly upset or, or they're working through something at home or, or else, you know, we're having the best night ever. And we just really need to hold that, you know, like mm. we got a high five. Cause this was wow. Or, and then I don't know, I've been thinking too about the audience and especially post COVID. Wow. Like mm. people paid money to come here and this isn't a small thing to the, that fact, like, right. I want to be here for them. You know, it's different. Mm. It's a different, it's a, shift yeah to think oh they all came here to, for us you know to mm-hmm. see us and it's rather mm-hmm. we're all here for each other like we oh that's amazing yeah you think that came out of COVID that little mm. breakthrough definitely was a post-COVID thing for me mm-hmm. I think because mm-hmm. I hadn't performed I some some musicians and performers were lucky enough to keep that going through COVID and I just didn't and for whatever reason I did play a few shows and I had some fun really fun amazing yeah, performances, but it was like kind of cold turkey. Off. And now yeah. are you, are you outperforming? Yeah. So we just okay. uh, released an album and we just toured, um, this is with Rebel Bucket. I have these two pr- kind of orbital. Yeah, let's, let's talk about your work a little bit. So people listening yeah, yeah. really get a sense of, you know, who you are and what you're doing. Yeah. So it's Rebel Bucket is this band that's, I've been the band leader for, with my with my partner Alex, a musical partner, for like fifteen plus years, which is wow, I can't believe it's a long time for a band. Yeah, that's. I it think there's we're we're loving it. You know, there's definitely something. Mm-hmm. It just keeps giving. You know, mm-hmm. and then Cowbells is is this other project that's kind of that was actually so the ten day writing workshop was that I did was kind of what spawned Cowbells. But so Rubble Bucket just released a record in last fall and we did a bunch of touring in January, February and March all around the country. And we played, I think it was 30 shows in two months or something um, and total whirlwind. And it was I was very emotional. I I was Mm. like, I think it was a really return to Mm. like a part of my identity that I had it over COVID it had slowly I didn't think it was going away but it finally when we were back I was like oh my gosh this is me I forgot amazing so kind of a reclaiming yeah Mm. and are you still are you still touring Um, right now we're home we have a little break um we're gonna do another chunk of touring in the fall and we're feeling pretty amped up by this, the new, we had somewhat of a new configuration for the band and everyone was just really getting along in a great way. So we're going to just, yeah, keep kind of feeding that. Same people or it's, it's me, Alex. It's some of the same people and some new people. Yeah. Alex and I are still co-band leading and we're still kind of work always working on our working relationship. And of course, that's going into the messy part (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. relationships are where it's all happening yeah that's where that's where we meet ourselves that's where the transformation happens yeah yeah Yeah. so okay 
So tell me a little bit about how you see music and the power of music. Because we're, you know, we're looking at transformation, healing. That's what you're doing right now. So I'm curious, as we're at this juncture, where I think it's safe to say human consciousness is in a major shift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is it like to be the holder of music? Mm. (laughs) Person who is, right? Like, I understand I hold transformation in a certain process that for people to go through, right? And I... I mean, I think a lot of, I think most of us, like you said, everyone's an artist. I see everyone's a healer. I love I agree. Yes. I, I, I do see that. And if we stepped into that, I think the world would look really, really different. Yes. Right? <laughs> and everything is here is our medicine. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just, you know, a doctor or a healer. It's like music. It's the dandelion. <laughs> it's Nina Simone. It's, you know, it's our kitty cats. It's our, mm-hmm. you know. I know. <laughs> I love kitty cats too. Um, so I'm curious, I'd love to just hear like what you're thinking about in terms of transformation and where you sit as a artist, musician, poet. Mm, wow. I I'm still on the kitty cats. <laughs> oh, no. let's do kitty cat. Let's do kitty no, cats. No, no I, 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 let's talk I about love- kitty cats for just a minute, just because <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just thinking, yeah, no, totally. I, I love, I love, well, just when you said the thing about the kitty cats, I just got this boom, like freaking visual of, of a feminine, of a, of the feminine really. Totally. totally. Yeah. And of that mattering in this way that is so light and silly and like, well, not cats. I don't, I'm not trying to prescribe any of that. And a little bit naughty. (laughs) Yeah. Cats are deep. (laughs) They're naughty. They're so naughty. Naughty and naughty. Yeah. 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 And just totally unruly. And it's like herding cats, you know, it's well, but I have have maybe a different cat. Did I have my little baby cat when we were, I feel like I've never gotten to see any of your cats, maybe in your pictures, but. Oh yeah. So I had a little four month old kitty well no four weeks not months four weeks oh my god he's now turning a year but we got him when he was four weeks and he had to be bottle fed and he was he was oh I know he's so adorable he's his name is Valentino Tino for short and he (laughs) is like he might be directing this conversation right now he's like a full force in this household oh my gosh yeah yeah there are other beings influencing our consciousness yeah. And cats are definitely up there. And of course, you know, they're, they're, they go way back. I mean, look at the Egyptians and their relationship and to the kitties. Yeah. Ooh, it's deep. Yes. Do you wow. have a cat? I saw your little gray kitty. Is that? Yeah, I have a, my parents have a cat and that cat, Tom Bombadil is gray <laughs> with white, but that's not the, in my picture. That's not Tom Bombadil. Cause the cat we had before Tom Bombadil, Bila, she was gray with white. So we've had two like unrelated, but we've had two cats that looked alike and Tom Bombadil and I are very close and he's a really good friend. Yeah. I love that. A really good friend. (laughs) Okay. Now let's bridge to the more, the more serious topic at hand. (laughs) Yeah. Although a cat would disagree. Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely a bridge there. Um, yeah, we were, oh, yeah, well, and it was such a beautiful question. I really want to honor that too, because 
that reflection back is like, oh, thank you so much for thinking of me as a person who holds music. And I definitely, yes, I am. Well, and, among other things, of course, but I, you yeah. know, I really see that we're all born with these gifts, every single human, right? And it's like the the source energy or the life force comes through us. We're we're like a projector. And we have all these gifts that get projected and also the distortions, which is why we have to do the, the deeper work, mm-hmm. right? But as this life force comes through and we all are in honoring of our gifts, those get to be part of the world. And that, you know, that's why I do this work because I want to uncover the hidden gems. I mean, yours are there, they're available. You're not, you don't need help with that, right? But well, we, all, we all need to remove our distortions so they aren't going into the world. Yeah constantly right yes it's, it's our responsibility definitely and and that and and upkeep too sort of I think that's removing it and keeping it removed because I think it's the tendency is ah you know like I'll mm-hmm. go and have I think you know it was even working with you was so laser purifying and mm-hmm. I just journaled so much and practiced so much of what you taught me and you know, I knew though too, when we were done, I was like, I know that it's going to like, things are going to, and it's up to me to keep that yeah. connection. Keep um, the garden free of the Ivy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's an ongoing commitment. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think I, I easily forget the power of music. I think I'm so, so submerged in it. And that's a shame. I think I, Mm. I need to keep kind of refreshing mm. and just keeping my my gratitude really mm. regular. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and cause I mean, there's a lot of jadedness also like it's the music industry. I I've mm. had some really awesome conversations with some of my fellow woman musicians in the past mm. years during COVID, we had a little seminar or not just a weekly or a monthly panel just kind of talking about the experience of being women in music. And we just decided we're not even going to call it the music industry for these purposes. We're going to call it music culture because screw the industry. We the, like, oh, I love this. I want, yeah. I want you, can you go into this a little more? Because yeah. this is one of the things that, you know, we're exploring in Magnolia leadership is, you know, there's sort of the dominant culture, which is shows up in every line of work, mm-hmm. including mine. Right. And, you know, some people are called to make change within that, within the system, bless their hearts. Yeah. I almost died doing that. So I had to come out of it. Right. It wasn't for me. Right. And so setting up these different paradigms. Yeah. And then if enough of us do that, then hopefully it begins to shift. So I love hearing that you're, you're doing that in the music and you're thinking about that in the music industry. Yeah, definitely. It's. Mm -hmm definitely comes with a lot of self-doubt and kind of, whoa, when we're, we're kind of honoring this DIY sense of, I mean, I think that's kind of part of how the music industry works. It's created, it goes back really historically and it's really interesting to, and annoying and angering to look at how it's exploited musicians and like, you know, particularly women and, you know, musicians of color and you know, no surprise, like look at Nina Simone. <laughs> uh, but yeah. like, um, yeah, those forces are there to, to monetize it. And 
um, how are they taking care of the creators? And I, there's also, this is also oh. kind of a very American thing because it's not always like that in other culture, like sub, you know, Europe, I think has a lot more resources for artists and that kind of thing. Okay. Um, I've never thought of this as a muse. It's just not a place where I spend a lot of time thinking. Yeah. But that makes sense that it would be there. And because so much create anywhere there's like creative current, mm -hmm. there's feeders. Yes. It draws yeah. the feeders. So setting something up outside of that, what does that look like? What are <laughs> what are some of the ideas for that? Is that part of what Cowbells is doing? I would say so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's hard because we do all have to eat and we all have to, you know, be housed. We we would like to be housed and um I think that it's a puzzle. I, I guess I think, yeah, there's there's a certain degree of uncertainty of kind of, I think with cowbells, we one of the ways that we've been really trying to subvert is, well, and it's not like we're the only ones doing it, but but really developing our collective as like this living organism. And <laughs> that means it's like gonna be changing a lot all the time. But it also means that we're committed to listening to each other. And that's what we do. And when we make music together, we just cherish each other's voices. And like, we're always kind of wiggling, like wiggling down to find that place where we can all feel that we're engaged, you know, and if someone's not engaged, like, that's also fine. You know, we can all go sure. take breaks. And I'm talking about when we're in active workspace, like in a rehearsal or we're writing music together now we're making an album right now mm. that's based off of like a series of improvisations and it's like totally free form I and mean, it's so Amazing. far a spectrum <laughs> okay so I like yeah. just the question is provocative in a way right I, I'm just listening to you talk and because if we are going to shift to a new way and orient to this more organic, creative, you know, the, the, the force that wants to come through in a new way, it's so unknown. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, even just like, as we're talking, I'm just noticing my body as we're exploring this question is like, right. Because yeah. it's like, there wants to be an opening in this place, but then we hit this, like, we really don't know. And then there's the survival energy, right? Yeah. That's like, oh, but the only way to survive is to be like over here aligned with all the dominant for like that always has to come in and right. Nothing creative comes from that. And we know that. And so we can then like, I was watching you just like, okay, there's that <laughs> we have yeah. to eat. We have to, and then, you know, and here we yeah. are back in this energy, which is like asking us to open. Yes. And be with it. And I see this happening on a big plane. I see it happening across industry. Wow. It's, it's just happening. Really? Oh yeah. And that's why I want to have these, I always, I'm like, I want to bring everyone together. So yeah. I see that everybody's working on this stuff. Right. But you know, I've, we all have trouble when that force opens in us and you obviously are gifted and skilled, or you wouldn't have so much creative I mean, our listeners don't know how creative you are. Like you're highly creative, right? The way that you at least show up in the world, you don't, it doesn't look like you're trying to fit in or belong. 
okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're just like, here I am. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing it. I'm doing yeah. my thing. I am like aligned with what wants to come through. Yeah. So maybe you don't have the restriction. Mm -hmm. No, but I feel it even when you said that. And I felt it because it was kind of tying to your question of, okay, so like these new paradigms and these sort of these new spaces, and it's like, we're creating it and creative creating is in, in there's, it involves the unknown. And that I think that is part of it. And if I've learned anything from trying to write a song a day for so many days, it's like, that comes every day. That's, uh, that's always there. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. The restriction. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I believe we are birthing a new world. I and do. All of us moment by moment. I mean, this is where we have, where we're sovereign. Yes. Right? What we choose to do in this moment informs the next. Right. And so we have, we have the potential to be bringing in new for me personally, I need to focus there because if I get focused on everything that is wrong, it's just distracting my energy away from what I'm here to do. Right. Mm -hmm. But it means to be sitting in this place of the unknown. Mm. And, it, you know, I'm pretty comfortable there, but not always. And yeah, it is daily. <laughs> it's just like, holy shit, what am I doing? Right. And <laughs> so how do you have a way that you work with that restriction? So as it comes in and you notice like, Oh, I'm constipated, you know, yeah. you know, like, oh, I mean, yeah. it feels like that in my body. Yeah, I know. I, I like, thanks for sharing that too. Cause you definitely seem like a person. And I know from our conversations that it's not like, it didn't just come like you've been working your whole life to be able to open and be able to share your gifts every day, your clients and your community and your family. And yeah, every day, every day. And I like that. I think I'm glad that we're like, we're like aligned on that because that's probably the scariest thing is to think, gosh, I have to do this every day. Like what, you know, cause yeah. it's hard. <laughs> it's the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get out of the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> oh. like... <laughs> yeah. Not... But practicing, you know, what you practice that does grow. And I, I've just been doing it lately with stretching. It's my new thing. Like, cause I got COVID last fall and I, just oh. it sucked, you know, Yuck. we all know that. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. And I just decided that I was going to spend my time alone, like trying out. Cause I don't really, I don't really have a stretching routine or I haven't in years. And I was like, wow, now that I've been doing that for a few months, like, gosh, my hamstrings are totally like, I can touch my toes without mm -hmm. bending my knees. Like that's never, that wasn't true before. So, and it's like, just remembering that, that there is possibility in practice. Okay. So but I like what you're sharing though. You're actually doing it in your body. Yeah. Remembering I mean, it's like yeah, just practicing, practicing, like remembering that that's always available. Like when things feel stuck, uh -huh. we can start with a little small thing that we just, just show up to it every day and whatever it is, maybe it's a poem or maybe it's like, you want to practice more good communication with your partner, like really intentionally. So it's like tiny little things, but over time and doing it every day and, or with the songwriting and we were, there's a lot on the table right now, but we were talking about like creating mm -hmm. new paradigms or just like, yeah, like living into just like a version of the world that we want to see. Yes. And I mean, definitely the one day at a time thing is, is really helpful. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about embodied practices, 
bringing some structure in, like in the, like showing up and doing the thing, mm-hmm. right? We actually do have to use our bodies to do the things. Yes. We're not just thinking about it. Right. Yeah, and then, yeah. so it sounds like you're saying like staying in that place and then noticing when the energy's moving or when you're restricting. Yes. And that it's sort of constant. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, it definitely could be constant, even just throughout the day and conversation. But yeah, how am I just always checking in? And I do that now so much more because of working with you. Definitely. I <laughs> so much more helpful to just be, yeah, be in relationship with the with the body and not have to be fighting all the time or telling it to do something. Mm-hmm. not trying to lord over it but just be like okay you matter i matter i'm worthy of feeding my needs right <laughs> what do i need there what? it is right <laughs> yeah. i mean my my favorite thing is just like all right here's my heart here's my belly i am rooted in the earth and i can just be right here and i don't have to figure it out it's just that easy mm. Or I can breathe into the constriction, or maybe I need to take a walk or a bath or mm-hmm. whatever, not forcing, mm-hmm. right? not forcing it, but just sort of honoring that when we're riding in this unknown, there's parts of us that have been programmed to be kind of nervous about it. And then also another thing that I've been really working with lately is like when there's an opening, like just seeing if I can just really open. Ooh. And then that's kind of amazing because stuff just sort of falls away. Yeah. And then we get into that flow state where everything's really yummy. (laughs) Yeah. Which I like to imagine that artists are in there all the time, but I know that that isn't true. I know that, you know, creative people and especially people who are doing it for a living are actually really honing their instrument all the time. When you say that, what springs to mind is something you said right at the beginning was, you know, we want to talk about the feminine and but not at odds with the masculine, you know, in harmony. And it's also not necessarily about gender or gender roles, particularly, but like these over these archetypal forces. And it's funny because we're having this whole conversation. And one of the things simultaneously in my life that I'm really working on right now is honing a little bit more of my masculine energy and being yeah. able to like, ah, like, I don't even know what that looks like, but just being, you more just of, did it. Yeah. <laughs> the gesture, right? Yeah. Being okay. more authoritative and, but with, this is all like within myself or and seeping out a little bit to my relationships. And I think I've been hearing from my closest collaborators. They're like, Cal, we're ready for you to step up a little more. Like we kind of need to hear from you more and, Mm. uh, you know, don't just sit back and let us like, this is from, from both of my projects. I'm really hearing this and like, you're the boss. We trust you. We want to hear from you, like Mm -hmm. carry this, take it. Like don't don't be afraid and lean in and Mm. go for it. And I'm like, (laughs) ah, okay. (laughs) So that's really beautiful. And that really makes sense to me for you because you're so natively in that creative, you can be in the chaos. You can be in the messy. I mean, you have that, you really have that down. You're, I feel like you're such a channel for that energy. And I I know it's not respected in our world, but I respect it. It's, 
it's hard. It's like riding a wild thing, right? And you've got that down and you're actually able to birth. You're birthing things from that. You're not just in it. You have creative projects that are coming out of it. And so to balance that, we all have the inner sacred feminine, the inner sacred masculine and all kinds of variations in between, right? So it makes sense that for you, stepping into some organizing and structuring, right? of that energy and ways to actually like be more forward and organized would be the way to go. That's exactly, that's the words that are like bopping around my head right now, big time for the past. And it's nuanced. Like, and I think I'm really glad that you brought that in because it's like, this is not prescriptive. It's so, there's so many layers and each individual has a map that they're working with and that they have, like for me, I got, I have the like organized, driven, structured, like I have eight planets in Aries. Like I've got the, wow. I know crazy, right? Let's go ahead. Let's make it happen. I don't care. It's just going to happen. I'm bringing the structure. I've got the fight, right? Yeah. I need to do all the other stuff. I need to be in the earthy. I need to be in the water. I need to like be cultivating more of that and pulling that in. And so, you know, I think really just naming that, you know, there's a collective shift and then within it, there's these individual archetypes or elements that we're all working on. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense for you. <laughs> yeah. It's gorgeous. Uncomfortable. It's, it's exciting. I do feel, I feel excited, but it's like, oh gosh. Yeah. Work. Ah, it's work. uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but you seem pretty good at the uncomfortable. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So as we're kind of, you know, we've, as we always do, had, we have a symphony of topics. Is there anything like on your heart or anything that you'd like people to hear or know about that feels important or not important? Is there anything you want to share? I guess I'm going to go back to cats. (laughs) Oh, I knew it. (laughs) I totally, I was about to say, we could do cats. (laughs) I know that's just the default. That was a moment that was really cool. And I just, there was one more thing that was, I was maybe going to say, but we kind of moved on and I'll just say now. And like, I don't know if you remember, but we had a cat moment in our work together. Mm -hmm. That was really amazing. And it was like, I think it was, I had had a dream of a cat of big cat in a house and kind of walking around and like, just, I remember it was like, I was with all the, all of my male band members down in this area. And the cat was like a, a female and she was so wild and she was like a danger potentially maybe gonna like she was wild like we couldn't really trust her as a pet and then she was just loose in the house and I like went off to find her and that was kind of the whole dream but like we were at me and the cat were at peace but the dudes like she couldn't be around them because she would just (laughs) you know slice them (laughs) um and I don't know I just that just came back to mind and I think you told me in our session work after that, you were like, oh yeah, this is anger. And I had, that totally took me by surprise. I think I wasn't expecting that at all. And, but it made perfect sense when you said it. And I was like, oh yes. Perfect sense. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't know, I, I'm just thinking about that and thank you, wanted to thank you for that. And that's just let you know that it's been growing a lot and Mm. just I've really been just working with that con- continuing to and 
it's just been super helpful. And that the whole topic of anger, I think is like, you could do a whole nother podcast segment about it. And you, you share about it in your emails too. And yeah. it's always such a great reminder. It comes up so much and it's just a feeling I really wasn't super familiar with in an intimate way. It's so anyway, I don't know. I'm just saying, well, that. there, no, that's great. There's a lot of power in just turning towards it, just becoming aware, you know, taking that observer witness space and just being like, well, there's Catherine stuffing her anger down again. What if she just let that come out? Right. At least for herself. Yeah. Yeah. We've been really conditioned. People have a really complex relationship to anger, but as female bodied people, we have been conditioned. That's not a good girl. Right. Like show up right with that. And so what happens is we don't have our power. Yeah. Because anger is trying to bring power into our system. That's what anger is doing. It's showing us you need some power to set a boundary, right? Or to take an action or to address the thing. So if we're constantly like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Oh, nobody likes that. That's not nice. That's not ladylike. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of programming that we have allowed, right? Super important not to get into victim consciousness here to just be cut off from that source of power. Yeah. Right. And yeah, a whole podcast on this would be a good idea. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to stop here. We might have to do it again. (laughs) Always. Because there's so many good topics. Yes. Such a great conversation when you're involved. Oh, yeah. Likewise. Right back at you. Really so glad that we got to connect. um, A little moment. Lifetime and in this moment. That's it for this episode of Magnolia Leadership Podcast. Having you here is such a blessing. As a Magnolia woman, we are leading from our deep aligned power to bring our full bloom to ourselves and our gifts to the world. If you're inspired by this podcast, I invite you to share it with someone or leave a review. Sign up for our newsletter or one of Magnolia Leadership's upcoming in-person or online offerings at magnolialeadershipco.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, so much love to you.